Guys of a Certain Age is brought to you by no one. Absolutely no one. Except these dudes walking down memory lane. Now let's head to the studio to see what they misremember next. It's the podcast that's got more cuckoos than a box of Cocoa Puffs. It's guys of a certain age, Robbie Koblenz, in studio alongside Art Shirley and Jay Reed. It only took 20 minutes to get that cold open. Yeah. There. How long have you been thinking about it? Oh, I came out with it this morning and I promptly forgot it because Over a of bowl it. of Cocoa Puffs? No, I have not had a bowl of Cocoa Puffs in forever. Yeah, that was never one of my favorites. Me either. The faux chocolate never worked all that well. Uh, you know, it was a novelty. Yeah. You know, I like Count Chocula. Count Chocula. Which was the same thing in a different shape. Right? It really was. When's George? I was going to say, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to ask I really George. liked Apple Jacks was kind of my oh, sugary. Apple Jacks yes. was a good one, yeah. Yeah. Frosted Flakes was our... But, I think we've done an episode. We've we, done we this have, before. We have, yeah. we have. But, you know, Frosted Flakes was a little too adult. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't classify... Frosted Flakes. As, as a, <laughs> Not suitable for work. Yeah. Okay. Tony the Tiger. Oh, okay. say we're Frosted Flakes. We are Frosted Flakes. Okay. He says you're great. <laughs> oh, wow. Coming we'll soon to a theater near you. Yeah, when we, my kids were young, you, you know how you do the... Uh, what is the cow say what does the sheep say well i taught my kids what does the tiger say and they was a great (laughs) did you really i really did wow yeah i enjoyed entertaining my friends when i would just start with a random animal i get the tiger and they say great oh that's good (laughs) wow all right let's jump into some geekage of the weekage who wants to go first i'll go first go ahead yeah because what you may have fun i don't know but the avatar uh, the Way of Water trailer has released. We actually saw it last night. Robbie and I went to see Doctor Strange. We'll talk about that when Jay. Finally, I, I, I've seen something that you see first. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not the one that I won't have to wait till it comes on Disney now. That's right. But uh, Avatar came out in 2009, the first Avatar movie that they did, and, and the trailer looks great. Looks like it's really good. But uh, we, Bobby, uh, Bobby, what's Bobby. your name again? Yeah, Bobby exactly. and I talked. We can't speak. I guess we were up past our bedtime. That's right. But um, anyway, um, it just may be a little too late. I think it's five years too late. Yeah, five years is probably about right. It's 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 thirteen years <sighs> since the last one. Uh, the the and the first one. Love the first one. It is still to me the best use of three D. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons it was so popular because sure. the three D seemed to be uh, a, a crucial part of the movie as opposed to something that was just. You know, added for shock oh. effect. You oh, hey, watch this. Yeah, you didn't have something coming at your face, like yeah. a pitchfork in one of the Jason movies or something. But uh, And again, like the story, uh, it's been pointed out that it's... It's Pocahontas. <laughs> Pocahontas or Fern Gully or Dances with Wolves. It's not a, it's not a very you know unique story. Uh, but uh, it certainly enjoyed it. I would imagine I will go see this. It comes out in December, but uh, and the trailer looks great. The 3D animation looks great. So, but it's just I don't know. It's just for some reason I'm not as fired up about it as I thought so it would be. If it's coming out in December, does it become the way of ice uh, instead of the way of water? I guess where it is. I guess so. Yeah, that's right. What did you think about Avatar, Jay? I remember liking it. It's been a minute since I've seen it, though. I mean, I, it's not yeah. something I went back and watched. It's not something I've, I I watched it probably several times after it first came out. But I haven't seen it in years. But I will, I will watch it again before I see the second yeah, one. Yeah, and Sam Worthington, Zoe Saldana, Zoe Saldana, uh, Sigourney Weaver are all coming back 
Yeah, you know, we talk about Jeffrey Wright being kind of the, the, the geek king. Zoe is kind of the geek queen. Yeah, I would mm. think, yeah, because she's... I mean, Guardian, Star Trek, Star Trek Avatar. Yeah. What yeah. else has she been in that's got sci-fi geek cred? Uh, she's done, a, you know, some of even some of her... Um, uh, what is the Columbia movie or whatever? Columbina? I can't remember what the name of the... the she's a like an action uh, character in that. That's a really good movie, too. I wish I could remember the title of it yeah. appropriately, but... Anyway, that's not new that I can't remember the title of it. And James Cameron directed as well as produced. Yeah, I think he wrote the story. I mean, he may have had co-writers with him, but I think he's very involved in it. And he has such an interest in water stuff after Titanic and and being part of the submarine crew that, you know, went down there and and filmed the Titanic stuff for the movie. Which we followed on the podcast Blockbuster. Yeah, that's right. And then he's also got, and I haven't watched yet, some of the documentary stuff on that on disney plus has anybody watch mm-hmm. that yeah no but avatar is available the original movies on disney plus right now so i just okay. i just wonder if michael phelps is going to have a cameo ah yeah i mean water stuff so hmm. yeah. oh, well. that, that certainly is a guys of a certain age reference <laughs> there, there you <laughs> yeah. go what you got mm-hmm. well, i'm gonna i'm uh, pointing at jay, jay uh, shout out to, to my mother mrs reed the infamous mrs reed who sent me a infamous link. reed okay infamous. that's not that well, that was not you or me robbie that's, that's right for the record it was not the two who are not related to you on this podcast saying that okay. right so she sent me a link to uh <laughs> an article and you know, headlined it with Geek of the Week. So I love that she she's did. definitely, she's like playing her role now. I've been trying to get her to come on and she's got some great stories. That we really should have done good. that Mother's Day, around Mother's Day. We've talked about that before, but. Yeah, well, we <laughs> like last Mother's Day. Yeah, every <laughs> Mother's Day we seem to go, hey, you know, we should have. Should have, good. Yeah. Anyway, what is her Geek so of the Week? So it was, it first looked like, it's from a, an email from National Geographic and it first looked like just an advertisement for, um, the multiverse movie Doctor Strange and but then I looked deeper into it and it was actually an article of course Nat Geo TV is on Disney Plus um, they have all that right. so I thought well this is just a tie in it's an ad but there was an actual article on whether or not there are other universes out there and is there actually a multiverse and it was just kind of fascinating it, when you start talking quantum physics you lose me immediately but that's now, kind of that we know how to get rid of yeah. it. Right, right. Start talking about that. But it, it's kind of in that in that field where our universe can't be explained fully. We know that. And if there are other universes that would help explain some things and you know, they talked about Big Bang and how you know other universes popping up and and what it came down to is we can't test for it, but that doesn't mean you know, they don't exist, and I'm not here to preach that there are other universes, but the the mm-hmm. scientific concept or the, the thinking was, you know, just because we can't test for it doesn't mean it's not out there because, you know, think about a thousand years ago, there was a lot of things we couldn't test for that are now uh, testable and, and we consider real. So, um, you know, the idea of making a decision in, 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 in our world and making a decision that has a, a different effect in another space time timely widely thing anyway continuum is the word you're looking for it was a uh another planes now i'm i'm not this is not gonna keep you up keep me up at night but they they made reference to the dr strange movie and also that um other movie everything everything everywhere everywhere. yeah that's good too i may have to go see that so there's there's a lots of chatter about multiverses now and i think Mm -hmm. all the 
all the superhero stuff is in it. So I have some homework for you, Jay. Oh, goodness. Oh, here uh, go. Look up the Bernstein Bear Paradox. I think we've mentioned that. We but have, but you need to go. You can't remember, so you need to go find it. Berenstein Bear. Berenstein. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Paradox. Yeah. Okay. So just just look it up and then report back. Okay. It's a deal. All right. There you go. So I got the same National Geo email okay. like the next <laughs> yeah. day. I'm like, ah, okay. Now, did they track me because or did I get it because? So, yeah. But. Anyway, so you think there's another guys of a certain age podcast in some of the other multiverses? I hope they're making more money than we are. It wouldn't take a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it would take it would take a dollar. No, that's right. Um, all right, my geek of the week is a little sad. It's the death of something, but not a person. So Apple this week decided that they had had enough of manufacturing the iPod. Oh. So the iPod is officially dead. The last iPod available and as we record this you can still get it is the ipod touch mm-hmm. so the ipod was premiered october 23rd 2001 and i didn't realize this it was a week after david was born so david has outlived the ipod wow. and uh if you guys recall i'm holding in my right hand the original ipod it's a 10 gig um, box. It was uh, $400, I believe. I think yeah. It was three ninety nine with all the, the physical click wheels and mm-hmm. buttons and whatnot. And this really is the device that saved Apple because if we go back 20-odd years, you had um, various boxes that had small hard drives on them that was a pain in the butt to load music up on. Right. And they were clumsy. They didn't sound good. They didn't hold much. And iBut was not a good word, you know, to market. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Just wow. So sorry, Mrs. Reed. Sorry, Mrs. Reed. That's a paradox right there. Uh, so anyway, that was the device that Steve Jobs premiered. And it really changed the course of Apple. Yeah, we got one very similar to that, maybe a little bit more streamlined. Yeah, I've got I've got a couple of generations down because the the iPod eventually became the iPhone. Yeah, because there was such a demand mm-hmm. for the uh, yeah for everything the, you can do or that you could do with the iPod and more uh, you can do with the, the iPhone. I had I had that version, the original version. That I was telling uh, Robbie off mic, my brother in law, late brother in law Phil. Uh, got one as part of a promotion thing, and, and he didn't really, you know, understand why he would ever want one, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he gave me his that he had gotten. And then shortly after that, he realized, you know, why did I do that? But he was can I have nice it enough, back? Yeah. And Becky, yeah. I remember Becky going, "Why would anybody need this?" And then Oprah had it as one of her, you know, gifts. And you get an iPod, yeah. and you get an iPod. And she's like, "Have you seen this iPod?" That, you know, that wasn't that bad. But so we got her one. It was a later model, you know, like the more streamlined one, still the white. You know, only available in the white. And then I've got one of the last ones, and I think mine's 120 gigs. Yeah. And it had the, uh, still had the 30 pin connector, but you could play movies. It had yeah. an adapter that you could, uh, I've AV, got that. Uh, yeah. Octopus dongle thing that came off of it, and you yeah. could hook it in, which is cool. And I was thinking, you know, now I just think we can, we can do all of that with, with the phone. And you if, you, if you go back to that first iPod with video, it was so revolutionary to have this little device. Mm-hmm in your hand that you could watch TV. Now, it was postage stamp right. size, yeah. you know. Right. But, but uh, you could actually watch it on the iPod if you wanted to. Sure. Or you could hook it into your computer. I think it was, 
strictly RCA cables, right? Or I no, you may have had a may have had a component version. No, of it. I don't think you did. You don't think you did? I okay. don't think you did. But if you if you go back and remember, uh, the iPod was Mac only at first. Mm-hmm. Firewire connection, which right. was prevalent on the Macs at the time, and you had to use iTunes to do. Your well, stuff. there was an iTunes. Oh, okay, that's what. What did you I, use? I what. Well, did they introduce it with iTunes? I thought they did. Maybe yeah. they introduced mm-hmm. it with iTunes. Mm-hmm. But it was all Mac only. So mm-hmm. it was a closed Mac ecosystem. Yeah. And it wasn't until they opened the iPod to Windows that it exploded. And um, Microsoft had uh, what the was Zune. The Zune. Oh, it yeah. was horrible. Yeah. Horrible. So many horrible pieces of, of mm-hmm. gear to try to get in your pocket so you can listen to music. And not only did Apple get in your pocket, they took money out of it. That's right. Repeatedly, (laughs) repeatedly. There was room in your pocket because all the money was gone. That's right. That's right. And you had what I think the original taglines was, the original tagline was a thousand songs in your pocket. Right. So. I think I still have a a nano. Yeah. Yeah. Tall, thin. We had one of those. And we also had one that was. The, just the little stick about the size of a pack of gum and had yeah. no display. And yeah. Just, yeah. That was the original Nano, was it? Or was it the Mini? My, I think it was the Mini. And I had one I ran with it because yeah, that's, yeah. It, it, it looks like a flash drive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, then they had the, the clip-on one. Yeah, I've got one yeah of those. that was like a little uh, that was a little square, right? Yeah. With the Several dog. of those yeah. have been washed in yeah. my house. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, those are great. Uh-huh. So. Well, what was funny is, and Saturday Night Live did a skit on it, um, yeah. where they kept talking about reducing the size of the thing. And then finally he'd Holds his hand up. There's nothing in it, and he goes, "It's that iPod Mac Micro or whatever." Yeah, the Macro Micro. Yeah, yeah. and so iPods, thing. iPods kept getting smaller and smaller, where as iPhones keep getting, you know, larger. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think if I recall correctly, I didn't do the research on this. They they went down to the to the Micro or whatever they call it, the smallest size that was voice operated. Yeah, they realized, eh, we went a step too far, and they went back to the clip on yeah, with, right, the, with yeah. the wheel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a great product, like I said, what a story! You know, like it, I think it, it certainly did save Apple at the time. Which, but, uh, as we record this two days ago, Apple lost its uh, place as the most uh, valuable company yeah. in the world to an, a Saudi uh, oil company. Okay. They've been vying back and forth for the past couple of years. Yeah, if you recall back, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, Michael Dell telling Steve Jobs, you know, if I were you, I'd just, I'd just shut the place down and give the money back to the, to the stockholders. You're never going to do anything with Mac. Yeah. Wow. Dun, dun, yeah. Dun. Yeah, dude, nobody's getting a Dell. Right. I mean, no, yeah. I <laughs> when was the last time you saw a Dell out no, in the wild? I think that guy went to jail, didn't he? That was doing no? a commercial. No. Oh, the guy went to the the guy who he. Dude, you're getting a Dale. That guy. yeah. So you I got him. Wrong. And, Sorry to uh, uh, you know. Yeah. Malign you if I have Jared from Subway. Yeah. You, know, you got to be careful who you put your spokesperson yeah. on. So, but anyway, so the iPod, no more. It's kind of sad, mm-hmm. but. Anyway, R.I. Pod. <laughs> oh, now that's good. That's a good one. Oh, that was good. That's How long did it take you to come up with that one? Just seconds, mere seconds. Just seconds, uh-huh. just seconds. All right. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk about, what did we decide, Jay? Signature experiences. Ooh, up next. Uh-huh. We're to the Jay-centric 
part of the episode where Jay's going to explain to Art and I what we're going to talk about because we have no idea. Jay, what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about signature experiences. And the idea came to me in the parking lot of our local grocery. I was walking in and saw a guy with a Late Night with David Letterman t-shirt on, uh-huh. um, you know, navy with the gold letters. And I recognized it because I have a uh, mug with the same design. And I got it when I attended as an audience member uh, late night with David Letterman. And I got to thinking this would be a fun thing to talk about because that is one of, uh, one of a few, I guess we could, we're going to call it signature experiences that I just have vivid memories of that, you know, not a lot of people have done. And I mean, we're not here to gloat. Just, I'm just grateful uh, yeah. about, about these things. That oh, we're able to, to do. He's here to gloat. <laughs> but I mean, that was just so cool. Cause I was a big, Letterman fan. I mean, I don't watch hardly any late night TV now and didn't much before yeah. then. My family grew up watching Johnny Carson, but when I got old enough to, you know, make decisions for myself what I would whether I would stay up at late at night and watch, Letterman was just my favorite. I loved it. Sometimes I'd record it, sometimes I'd stay up and watch it. So Melissa's family is from uh, New York State and we went up with them and spent a few days in New York City and did all the things, but I'm like, you know, I'm gonna see if we can get on Letterman. So yeah. you know you you sent something in or made a phone call or I can't even remember exactly how they got, you know, I gave them my name but I gave them Melissa and mine. We had a cell phone that we shared and Aww. the idea was they would call you and ask you a question about the show. And if you got the question right, then, you know, you qualified to be in the audience. And so they actually called Melissa and I had the phone. I was, she didn't watch it. I watched it. I knew all the stuff. Um, but the girl said, "Oh, okay. You're you're the husband. I, you can answer the question." And the husband, <laughs> I said, "Well, I, you know, I signed up too." So she, um, the question was, "Who was the like the announcer at the time?" And it was Alan something. And I keep wanting to say Alan Rickman, but that's not the case. No. That's a different guy, uh, David yeah. Letterman. But but it was Alan somebody, <laughs> and um, and so I got the question right, and we got to go. So we we went on a you know late afternoon and got settled and so it was late afternoon with david letterman that's when it was recorded, recorded. for sure yeah. yeah yeah so i actually saw a guy another guy from mississippi that i knew was in line trying to get in at the same time and uh but this, um, this episode is dedicated to him <laughs> <laughs> i can't He's remember if he actually waiting. got in or not but Gary Mays, if you're listening, we're talking about you. His name was Conan O'Brien. <laughs> a tall, gangly lad. That's right. <laughs> With reddish hair. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was Halle Berry was on that night. And uh, some, I, I can't remember who it was, but somebody had just won like the Masters. And he was on, he did the top 10 list. Oh. And, uh, you know, back in those days. So anyway, that was my number, not my number one necessarily, but the, that was the, and we uh, should say the gateway. We're 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 excluding birth of children, weddings, and all that right, kind of right. Stuff, because right? of yeah. course, those oh, are the are. signature. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and Robbie's, we're also excluding. Robbie's frantically looking for another event. We're excluding meeting Robbie as our. Yeah, yeah. I, I was expecting that to be your. Signature. We're just adding that as a as a given. So anyway, all right. So what about y'all? Well, wait. I'm just going to hijack this for a second because I just got an email. I love Shake Shack. I'm on their their mailing. This is list, Robbie's right? signature event. Yeah. <laughs> So I get this email that says, wait, a Shack Burger candle, not for eating. They are releasing a Shake and Fries candle and a Burger in the Park candle. The first bite of Shack Burger on a spring day in NYC's Madison Square Park, our first location, green grass meets griddle smoke, a perfect combo. There is a scented candle that smells like a burger cooking in Central Park. 
Okay. And then, then you have the Shaken Fries companion candle, like dipping a crinkle cut fry into a creamy milkshake, sweet and salty and delicious. So you light them at the same time for the full candle meal? I think you would, but, but why? Oh, there's there's stuff, my, there's stuff out there like man candles, like they smell like football, leather, and bacon, uh, maybe bacon, and yeah. why know, stuff like that. Okay, sorry, yeah, that could be a companion geek. I mean, this is hot off the email presses. <laughs> yeah, I, I did that. So he's paying attention. He's yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna check my email and Jay talks. <laughs> You're getting a look at the behind the scenes of the podcast. <laughs> right? Okay. What's your signature? Guy? I was going to ask Jay a few things about his you signature. You do that. Yeah, and I have more. We're just going to go around the room until we run out uh, of time. So. Oh, and that does it for it. <laughs> you had mentioned the show, the, the theater was cold, right? You always hear him talking about I was going to ask theater. about. Yeah. I was going to ask about the temperature. There yeah, too. they warned us before we go that Dave, okay. Dave likes it cold. Now, do so. they shoot the thing like from beginning to end? Is, if it were live, do they go back and redo anything? I don't remember them going back and redoing anything. Uh-huh. I mean, there, he came out a little bit before. Did you have to go to the bathroom up. at any time during the recording? I did not. I did not. <laughs> I was nervous about that, but I did not. No. Wow. Was Larry Bud Melman in it? I can't remember if he specifically was in it or not. Of course, Paul Schaefer was there. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think there was any of the characters in it this time. Okay. And this recall. this was the old late night show at NBC, not the... Not the CBS version. Not the CBS right. version. Well, it was in, I want to say it was CBS. Okay. When was this? What year? It would have been in the mid-2000s. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was CBS. over CBS, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, we went around the corner. He had that that sort of relationship with the grocery store guy around the corner. Oh, yeah. I can't the remember deli. his name. The, yeah, the, uh, uh-huh. somebody's deli. And mm-hmm. so we went in there and saw him yeah. and, and all that. And um, But it was just kind of bizarre because you, you walk out, it's, it's 90 degrees summer yeah. new york city yeah. and you go inside and then you freeze for a little while and you come back it's still daylight but it's late night with david letterman of course it is so yeah but it pretty much was straight through as i okay. recall yeah. i tried to think of something and it kind of hit me on the way over here and it's a signature event that takes place over years so i don't know if this qualifies or not but um, the definition is loose good go for it. that's good i'm so glad to hear that i won't be disqualified <laughs> and not able to proceed to the <laughs> At the semifinals. <laughs> um, mine was getting to do the daily comic strip at Ole Miss for the Daily Mississippi. Oh, cool. And so the I guess the signature event was being asked to do that. I had some friends that were that were working on it at the time and uh they weren't happy with the artists they had doing it, so they invited me to to uh to draw it and then really I think within a few days, uh maybe a couple of weeks, I had started writing it and drawing it. And it's something that I did that, that was the uh, October of 81 so it was my sophomore year started doing it and I did it uh, through graduation in August of 84 so and it was a daily strip you know five days a week a daily comic strip a daily comic strip yeah it was not getting naked <laughs> hello <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry really everybody I just had that mental picture uh, but uh, yeah, so a daily comic strip that featured Ernie, Skip, and Joe, who were three Ole Miss folks, and Skip's girlfriend, Bunny, and then various characters. Of course, her name was Bunny. Well, I didn't name her. That was actually the name that those the characters were created or named by the folks, and then I kind of breathed life into them, I guess. But uh, uh, sorry, did that get a little too <laughs> irreverent? <laughs> Jay just passed out. But. Uh, <clears throat> 
anyway, so that was and, and doing that and just um, I still have people, you know, that uh, ask me about it. And, and it was kind of a neat thing to do. Cool. It was a great way to learn deadlines and learn, you know, and, and then writing and because uh, the writing was probably much more important than the drawing of it. And a lot of times that's evidence by looking at the mm-hmm. strips and I spent an hour trying to do them. So, uh, but it was a lot of fun. I think that was, that solidified my desire to, to be an artist and to make that my career. And also kind of was, uh, at that point and probably still is the lifelong dream. We've talked about what would you do if you ever had a chance to do anything? Mm-hmm. Cartoonist has always been on the list. So Anyway, neat. It's it's well, kind of Robbie's got another signature email. He's about to read. <laughs> well, I'm just saying it's it's, it's my it's, car warranty apparently has expired. <laughs> and I'm trying to get a hold of you about your student yeah. loans. I was in a mutual friend's uh, office yesterday, George Purnell. Yes, and uh, saw the mug that you drew for him. Yeah. So, what was his character name? Uh, Arrow Scout or something. Yeah, like that. Arrow Scout. Yeah. It looks like it. Because so. George was very involved in uh, a Scout Master and very involved in Boy Scouts and stuff. And got you. Just yeah. a good good guy altogether. George yeah. is. But yeah, yeah and, and so I'd always wanted to do comic books and had done some comic strip stuff in high school as well too. But uh, I think that's probably really where uh, I'm more comfortable. But um, anyway, it was fun. Stripping. Stripping. Yes, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Oh, comic strip in the old talking. burlesque fashion, and I'm not a pole guy. <laughs> not gonna do that, you know. Didn't have the coordination for the fan dancing that was so popular back in the day, but you know, we are guys of a certain age. That's right, fan dances. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I can go on. And it's all. I'm gonna leave some things to the imagination. <laughs> not much. <laughs> not much. Leave, leave them wanting more. Yeah. So wow, that's hilarious. So when I was trying to go through this, I thought about. You know, so much of the big event things over the last 10 years that I've been involved with that would be really, really cool were sports related. Mississippi uh-huh. State or um, 2016, Dave and I were in the stands when the Cubs won the pennants to go to the World Series. Um, State won in Omaha last year, the College World Series. But probably the coolest thing in the last 25 years is I got a tour of Johnson Space Flight yeah. Center. By an astronaut. Yeah. That, that, I was hoping that would be yours. Yeah. You had mentioned it before. That's very cool. So um, this was before the boys were born. You know, Bonnie's a journalist. She's in the Office of Agricultural Communications at Mississippi State. And uh, NASA had this program back then. They may, may still have it where they invite high school, community college, and senior college research teams to submit a research project mm-hmm. um, that involved zero gravity. And they would put you up on the KC-135, the Vomit Comet. So the KC-135 is what astronauts use to train in zero G. And so it, it launches out from Houston, uh, from Johnson Space Flight Center, actually from Ellington Field, I think it is. And it does these parabolas where it's going up to 40,000 feet or whatever. And then it, it just dives in the sky for about 40 seconds or so. You've got 30 seconds of zero G. Hmm. It's how they shot Apollo 13. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention, yeah. And I believe the plane that uh, was used for the research for this particular trip was the plane that Apollo 13 was shot on, or wow. one of them. Yeah. So, um, so an undergrad team from Mississippi State and Ag ended up with a research project. One of the things that NASA asked for was, hey, can you provide, you know, can you get a journalist to go along or do PR? Because these are, you know, PR pieces for NASA. And so uh, Bonnie got assigned the job of covering the mm. research team there. So um, 
we had no kids, so I flew out with her. You know, when she went out for 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 training, so she was in a centrifuge. Do you remember spies like us, yeah. where they're running yeah. around? So she ended up in that. I don't remember if she passed out or not. <laughs> But anyway, several of them did. I mean, it was one of those. Yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's, it's not unexpected. I mean, the yeah. kind of go-to you do. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And, and so that was first stage. Second stage, second part was the actual trip. I flew out with her on that, and I took a camera and shot some footage for Mississippi State for uh, for Farm Week. And uh, I got to stay back at the um, at where they, they took off from Ellington Field, and there was a video link, and this was the late 90s, so it was a pretty primitive video link, so got to see all the stuff happening. This took place on a on a Friday morning. This yeah. is all pre-9-11. And um, so we had passes to get us into Ellington Field that made us look somewhat official. I think I still have mine. Yeah. And um, anyway, that Friday afternoon, there was supposed to be a – uh, an MSU co-op student that's going to give some folks a tour of Johnson Space Flight Center because uh-huh. there's a lot of MSU co-ops out there. I mean, you're you know not unlike your dad who were you guys in Houston? Where were you guys? Houston, yeah. 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 So anyway, um, so we go to the Welcome Center at Johnson Space Flight Center that that Friday afternoon about one o'clock or so, one one thirty, and we're looking for who was supposed to be our, our guide. So it was just Bonnie and I and. We just kind of hung out for a bit, and there was a, a fellow in a blue jumpsuit, and he was obviously waiting for, for some people. And so uh, Bonnie goes up and said, are you supposed to be our guide? Yeah, we're, we're here. We've got our passes and all that. And the guy's like, well, I, no, but if my folks don't show up, I'll be glad to show you around. <laughs> and uh, so not his, his entire party didn't show up. He had a couple people show up. He's like, yo, come on. So we jumped in. Guy's name was Neil Woodard, Woodard, who was a astronaut yeah. for NASA. He never went up though; he was a communication specialist. And uh, so we jumped in the back of his little convertible, and he took us around Johnson Space, Space Flight Center. Wow! So we got to go into uh, the 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 training area where uh, it's the mock up of the space shuttle and a mock up of the uh, at that point what the modules of the International Space Station. They had the big arm that they would practice with. We got to see the bathroom that you had to use successfully before you got to go up. I mean, and uh, it was pretty interesting. That's and and uh, Neil had told us, I remember he said there was one shuttle mission that they almost had to scrub because there was a problem with the toilet. Oh. And that was not what they told people, but oh. that was really the, the case. Um, we got to go into the neutral buoyancy uh, area, which is the the, swimming the, pool. the big swimming pool. Mm. And so, you know, we were two, three feet from the edge of it. And every time as we're going around doing this tour, you would look up and there's this tube of people walking through, you know, that was the regular tour. So it, oh, it was wow. a blast off tube, you know, every place we went. And so Neil was like, okay, wave. And we'd wave at the folks up there. It's like, yeah, they're with an astronaut. They're important. Yeah. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. But the highlight of it was got to go to mission control. Yeah. Again, got into mission control so the modern mission control there was no there was nothing up i mean all they had was the international space station going around yeah and uh, so i got to sit in the flight director's chair wow which was like the coolest thing ever yeah and he's like hey you want to see something else we go to the apollo era mission control which was still there i think it was a backup Uh got to sit in the apollo era flight director's chair that'd be awesome 
and they had a mirror from the Apollo 13 lunar capsule uh-huh. on the wall that the the Apollo 13 astronauts brought back as a thank you to the mission control crew. Yeah. Got to touch a piece of the Apollo 13 Gosh, l- lunar capsule. Lunar capsule. So, yeah. anyway, I, just unbelievable. Yeah, that's know? very cool. And it was a couple of hours being, a, you know, I was a I was a huge NASA fan growing up. Uh-huh. And uh, being able to wander around, well, we didn't wander. It was a semi-guided tour. Yeah. But, but that blue jumpsuit opened up a lot of doors for us. Yeah. Uh, got to see a Soyuz capsule that they practice with to get in and out of because the Soyuz capsule Sorry, Apollo mission. Well, yeah, yeah but also, oh, but they were actually being go- taken to the space station. At that yeah, point, the, right? they had a Soyuz capsule as an escape boat essentially for the, uh, yeah, ISS. For the ISS. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, that was like the coolest thing to sit in the same chair where the Apollo era flight director mm-hmm. yeah. sat. You know, was just. Unbelievable, and wow. to touch a piece of the Apollo 13 lunar capsule, wow. yeah. So sweet. That was pretty awesome. That's very cool. So, all right, what's what else you got there, Jay? You well, got, it's one of those deals where we're I'm, almost at time, but I, I wanna... probably probably say, well, I've got a bunch of stories I could tell, but one of the the interesting things was we were on a flight uh, from here to to where we lived in the Middle East, and we had a, a like a 48 hour layover in Egypt. That's just kind of the way the flights worked. In that, with did did Konshu try to uh, try to recruit you as his avatar? No, <laughs> I was unfamiliar with Konshu at the time, um, but we wanted to go see the pyramids. And a buddy of mine, he his uh, mom was from there, and he I don't know how he did this without cell phones and all now, but but he met us, and we went to the museum, the you know, the museum where. Tutankhamun stuff is, and I remember my kids were so tired. I, I called King Tut. Yeah, I hollered. I like had Lauren on my back most of the time going around this hot museum. So you were like Luke with Yoda. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Okay, yeah. from Dagobah. So anyway, we went to the pyramids, and we got there late. And you know, I don't know what time the pyramids close. Uh, they're, we, they're eternal, <laughs> man. Right? They're eternal. So we we got there too late to actually do the the normal tour. But there's these guys outside with camels and horses and said, hey, well, you can't go in, but we can take you around, you know, around the, the sand dunes and, and you can see them from the other side. And it's just a different experience. But, you know, we can do that. Well, we learned later, you know, this is uh, they're just trying to get money and, and they probably we shouldn't be out there at that time either. But anyway, <laughs> so I don't know. I, I know this is a risky question. but Have either of you ever ridden a camel? No. OK. Been on a camel? I've never ridden one or smoked one. So. Okay, oh. all right. So to get on a camel, the camel is you know sitting basically, uh, mm. but you've seen the long lanky legs, and and so when the you sit on the saddle, and usually the back of the camel goes up first. I, I can't make motions in audio, but um, the back goes up first. You got to hold on because you're you're pitching forward, right? Yeah. And then the front comes up, and then you're okay. Well, Jacob and I, my son, we're going to be on this camel together. And so we get on there, and the rest of my family has decided they're going to be on horses. So Melissa's on a horse, Lauren's on a horse with my friend Waleed, and and Jacob is on the camel with me. So we start up, and all and Jacob ain't having it. it, yeah. it, it, it it's scary because it is a little scary to to, to just to get up right on the one camel. hump or two hump camel, just a one, okay, just a one. Uh, so anyway, we get up there, and and he's 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 not 
he's not riding that camel. So we, we get him on a horse and which, but we've already paid for the camel. So guess who gets to ride the camel for like an hour and a half <laughs> around the sand dunes of Giza, uh, Jay. And oh, yeah, do we have video of this? Saddles, I wish we did. I've got some pictures somewhere, but, uh, you know, talk about saddle sore. But we did. We Ooh. went out in the uh, the dunes, and, and we were met by security. Like, what are you doing out here? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> we're with him. We're but, looking for Brenton Frazier. <laughs> that's right. But at one point, Jacob's horse starts, like, picking up speed. And he's <laughs> headed for uh, what appears to us to be a cliff, you know, in the sand dunes. And we're, like, watching Jacob, and, like, we can't. I, I mean, I can't start the camel <laughs> to go get him, but the guy, the guy that was with us, the guy, he, he, he got around and got him stopped before he pitched off the edge of the dune. But I mean, that's just, wow. a lot of people have seen the pyramids. I don't know anybody else that I know that is, you know, ridden the camel, uh, up to the outskirts of the pyramids, the outskirts, the suburbs of the pyramids. Suburbs. Yeah. So, that's awesome. Yeah. Anyway. So wow, yeah, we, we got to, we've got to post pictures on our Facebook page or something. I'll have to find, yeah. find that somewhere, but no, you got anything else, Art? I don't nothing that can uh, top the camel story. Well, or the Johnson space center. Story. Well, the, and my other signature event, which Jay would probably like was being with Mark on master chef junior. Okay. Uh, well, no, let me back up chop junior. I was only with him for a week on master chef. I was with him the entire time on chop junior. I was in the green room and got a tour of the place. We were the first ones who shot on that set and, it's really, really, really cool. So um, that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that that's cool. One of those events. So, but no camels were involved. No camels. No camels were involved. No camels were hurt during. <laughs> no camels were cooked. Yeah, <laughs> no camels chopped. were cooked, chopped or cooked. I have had camel though. I have eaten camel. I'm sure you have. Was it the one that you? No, it was not yeah. the same. One. I'll show you. <laughs> Did it taste like chicken? It was more like a goat. Beef. We uh, we put it in a crock pot and put some barbecue sauce on it. It was more like sauce. what? Like pork. like beef, more like beef. beef. Yeah. Wow, that pork it was camel. good. It was good. Wow. That's how I recall. As you recall, we should do the weirdest thing you ever ate episode. I think we just did. Well, for you, I don't know what it'd be. We are. That's not the weirdest thing I've ever eaten, but. Well, that's a good idea, though. We'll have to think yeah, about that. yeah, we'll have to remember that. So, all right, signature events. That's a pretty good idea you came up with yeah, there, Mr. Well, I've got more. We could do this again. Yeah. Next we've... time we're stumbling for a topic. <laughs> for a topic. All right, we're going to stumble. Or we could just read Robbie's email. <laughs> right. Oh, by the way, did you? No. I, yeah. I think I'm going to have to get a candle. I'm going to have to get a fry and shake candle. That could be kind of interesting. Well, Wouldn't that just make you up. hungry? Wouldn't that just make you go, I want a burger now? Yeah, probably. So, but anyway. All right. Well, that does it for this episode. Thanks for joining us. We will see you next time around. Right.